Welcome back to another episode of the Organizational Research and Development Podcast. I'm your host and founder of the company, Philip Beeg, and I want to thank you for taking the time to press play and giving us a listen today. Our episode today is actually going to build on our last episode, which focused a lot on training. How do you motivate people to be engaged in all of these, uh, you know, soft skill, leadership, communication, team dynamic trainings? How do you get people to really take something away and, and how should you design it? With this episode, we're actually going to dive a little bit deeper into two areas. One is, from a presenter side, how do you go about building trust and why is it valuable to earn trust when you're presenting your training to an audience? Secondly, I'm going to talk a bit about our design philosophy when we're building curriculum. How do we make it engaging? How do we make sure that it's right for our audience? Now we touched a little bit on this in our prior episode, but this one's going to be much more focused. It's going to be a little more philosophical and and theoretical based. So I hope you find some really great nuggets of information out of it. We hope that it really provides you with guidance in terms of how you present training, or if you're looking for someone to come in and deliver training to you and your employees, this gives you something to look out for. So one of the things for me that that when I got into this field, um, there was such a there were there was such an emphasis on what do we present and and you'll see this as a common theme throughout this episode which is asking ourselves the question of what how and why in this case it's around what do we present what do we put into our presentation what what should we be doing before i even get to that point it it becomes essential to understand a couple of things when when we're talking about building trust and earning it when we're delivering our presentations when we're when we're really going into training people on a specific area one is we need to know who exactly we're talking to and again i referenced this a little bit in the prior episode but it really becomes essential to understand what's your demographic who is going to be attending it's not enough to know just the number of people or the room that you'll be presenting in whether it's virtual or in person it, it becomes essential to understand what level within the organization are they, are they coming from. Is this a bunch of managers? Is this a bunch of directors or regionals or executives? Is it a collection of employees? Is it from one department? We need to know who we're actually presenting to because based on who we're presenting to, we can then craft our material to be engaging and, and, a, and a, a passive way of building trust that earns people's buy-in when they attend our training, when they, when they really sit down. If there's one thing that, I, that, that is just nails to chalkboard for me, it's uninspired training presentations. And you can tell because people just don't really care when they're in attendance. They're just kind of looking at the clock or they're they're struggling to fall asleep. You know, it's that it's that 15, 30 degree, you know, the head's tilting down and then they pop up and, and oh yeah, yeah, right, we're still here. I, I just can't stand uninspired trainings. And when people learn in so many exciting and different ways, we need to take advantage of that as, as facilitators. So one, when we're looking at actually delivering a presentation, buying buying and earning trust from our participants becomes essential and part of how we do that is by knowing who exactly we're presenting to sin Tzu once said through the art of war if you know yourself and you know your enemy you'll be able to predict the uh, the end of a battle a thousand times over well this isn't exactly war that we're talking about and it's certainly not as combative or cutthroat 
but there is a core nugget of information which is if you know your audience you can really predict in a in a fairly confident way how the training should go and what what it's going to feel like as as you're doing it now one thing that i also do is i i am very well aware that people come into a training with assumptions soft skill training communication training leadership training team training all of the above i mean you can pick up a rock and throw and throw it and hit someone that can provide some level of training or insight around those topics i mean these are things that are that are are commonly talked about they're commonly discussed we commonly practice them in our workplaces yet there's still value in having ongoing training around these issues around these areas so that our people continue to stay sharp so that they continue to refine and develop second level skills that will help them in their roles with that being said, you're going to have people that attend every training that are going to have built up assumptions. I always remember I was I was a, a younger salesperson back in the day, and there was a sales training that we went to with a group of, of other coworkers, and I walked into it feeling like, hmm, yeah, I mean, it, it's sales. I kind of know my style. I kind of know how I like to do sales. I'm pretty good at it. Uh, I, I don't really know. I think I already know everything. Now, the training itself was pretty solid, but but the real thing that I want to draw your attention to is the assumption that I would, that now I was very self-aware of. And if we understand that people are going to come into our training with a level of assumptions, then we need to be able to meet them at that level and work to kind of melt and, and really break that down. Because at the end of the day, we need to communicate, actually, instead of at the end of the day, really at the beginning of the session, we need to communicate that it it's it's not you're not at the goal line if you walk into a training with an assumption you're at the starting point and what i do when i when i deliver my trainings is i always share with people hey i i absolutely respect where everyone comes from in terms of their uh, work experience, in terms of where they are within the organization, the level of effort they put in on a day in and day out basis. I understand that you're coming into this with some assumptions and you're familiar with this topics. I'd like for you to just for, for our time together, practice some open-mindedness and be engaged. Open up about what we're going to be talking about and if these are things that you're already familiar with, then I'd encourage you to share them with the rest of, of, of the class, right, or the rest of the participants. I, I think oftentimes people's assumptions when they come, when the audience comes into a training and, and there's a level of assumption carried into the training, trainers often forget about this or they choose to ignore it because it, it may not seem essential. And to me, it actually becomes, uh, it, it, it's a very core, um, it's a very core detail that you can't miss. Someone's coming in there with assumptions. I want to know why. I want to know what they're expecting. I want to know um, what do they already know. And then based on what they know, where can we kind of stretch the, the mileage out a little bit and really kind of push them to learn a little bit more on top of what they've brought in. So so two things that we've talked about, right? Knowing who your audience is in terms of you know demographics, standings within the organization, their experience, their education, all of that good stuff. You know, Check off all of the above. It's also important to understand that people will come into your trainings with assumptions, especially if it's something around, if it's something very vanilla around like communication, right? Or, or team training. People are going to have those assumptions. And the problem with that too is those assumptions prevent them from learning and they may not even be aware of that. 
So as the trainer, I need to work and I need to partner with the audience to encourage that everyone is in the best state they possibly can be in where they're ready to learn. You know, it's kind of crazy being on this side of the fence now where I'm doing a lot of the trainings and and I'm conducting and I'm designing the curriculum and I'm presenting it. You know, when I was an employee, I used to feel like, oh, God, training, like we're going to be stuck here for like four to six or, you know, maybe a whole day and kind of roll my eyes and feel like it's going to be a long day. The fact that an employer will set aside time, like dedicate time for for their people to learn rather than, you know, work or, or do their job. I mean, it, it is under that work umbrella, right? It is it is all connected. But the fact that you're you have time, that your employer values the time for you to learn something, to think differently, to practice different skills, it, it's it's pretty cool actually. It, it's kind of like you're still it, it's kind of like you're back in a college classroom. I, I don't know. That's at least how I look at it. And being a, a, a trainer and being someone that delivers uh, you know trainings on these areas like team development and emotional intelligence. It's fun because it's like you're working with you're working with advanced people, you know, who need this kind of help. But again, you know, when the audience gets settled in, uh, there's a level of assumption that we need to identify and we need to work with the audience. We need to partner with them to put them in a great mindset, a great space, a great environment where they can get learning and and feel motivated to do so. The other thing that I do, and, and this. This, this may sound a little corny, but, but stay with me on this. I always dedicate one slide in the beginning of my presentation for people to know about me. And I'm not talking about the company. I'm not talking about all of my professional and educational experience. I, to me, I mean, I include that stuff in the presentation, but I don't really care about that as much. I mean, if someone wants to know, they can certainly ask or look it up. But I include a slide about myself. I want people to know that I'm a human as well. Yes, my title is trainer. My title is, you know, CEO of organizational R&D. But at the end of the day, this is human-to-human interaction. This is human-to-human teaching. And you've heard me say that, especially in episodes from our, our prior season as well. So I include a slide about myself. I want people to know about me. I want people to know that I'm happily married. I want people to know that I enjoy traveling or, you know, I, I like to dance, that I have hobbies outside of work because it, you know, what do we do when we go to like a, a networking event? What do we do when we go to like a party and we're not familiar with people? Well, when we connect with someone who we're not previously familiar with, we try to find similarities. And by finding similarities, we start to build a relationship or we start to build a bond or we start to build a dialogue. At every training that I do, I always show people a piece of who I am. And I think that's important. It shows vulnerability, it shows confidence, it humanizes the event. And it, it starts to build, in my opinion, and from my professional experience, it, it starts to build trust with the other side. You know, every time I show a, a picture of my wife and I, you know, there's always there's always a couple people in the room, at least, that are that are married and value family. And, and we talk, we have a quick conversation about that. I show them a picture of, a, of a, our dog, who's a, an adorable white Westie. And there's always some people that are animal lovers or, or have animals of their own. And, you know, we start talking about it. We start building commonalities. We start sharing similarities together. And we start building a dialogue. And it, it, it builds, in my, in my mind, it builds a metaphorical bridge for both of us. 
It's not just the facility, it's not just the trainer that's doing all of the work. The audience is starting to do it as well too. It's starting to be like, ah, okay, so you, you are experienced, okay, you are uh, certified or you know you have all the certifications and the, and the degrees of paper to go with your background, great, great. Oh, but this is an actual human being. Like this, this guy, myself, has other hobbies, does other things out, outside of work. So I always include that in my presentation and I always ask people to tell me about themselves. And it's a little bit of a curveball question because I think, you know, back, I don't know how many people still do this today. Uh, for me, it's not really that much of a, of a, uh, of a value, but you know, back in the day when I would go to trainings, we'd always have icebreakers, right? And it's like, ah, you know, tell me what superpower you'd like to have. I don't know what, like, that's not really a, an icebreaker for me. It, it doesn't really do anything for me. It, it kind of is a little silly, but I, I think to me, I utilize an icebreaker as a way of how can I learn about you? And so I'll ask people in the audience to share me, share with me things. What are you excited about for the upcoming weekend? Um, what's something that makes you feel happy? What do you like to do? I get it. I know where I, I'm already at your company or I've already partnered with your company. I know what your role is I get I, I got all that but tell me about who you are because like I mentioned a few minutes ago at the end of the day this is a human to human interaction let's find some commonalities together let's start building a dialogue together so in the beginning of, of a training I spend a, a good chunk of time probably about like 10 minutes or so 10 to 15 minutes depending on the size building relations with people because that gets them comfortable. It gets them into an open mindset. It gets them into an environment that motivates them to learn. Now, important to re just recognize here, an important preface, it's the audience's decision to choose to learn. But I can certainly set up the environment and I can adjust the environment and I can influence the environment to give positive indications that this is worth their time, that I'm someone that they should certainly listen to, engage with, and dialogue. And I think if you're looking for success in any sort of starting point, if you're looking for success in any sort of training to be effective, it all begins in that first 10 to 15 minutes. The last thing that I do before I start any training is I go around the room or even as people are coming in the door, I shake hands with them confidently. I look them in the eye, give them a smile. I introduce myself and I get to know their name. Side note, I'm awful with names. <laughs> I'm so bad. So like beyond like five, six people in the room, oh man, if we get like seven, eight more, I'm not really remembering anyone's name. I'm gonna try, but... Um... <laughs> I'm going to try, but but it's it's the effort. It's the effort that matters. It's the effort that I want to also, in the beginning stages of, of preparing a, a training, preparing to deliver, I want to humanize that, that moment. I want to also make a very individualized attempt with every member that's attending because I want them, again, to experience an environment where they can feel the motivation they can they can feel it it has open-mindedness to it that there's going to be engaging content again it's up to your audience to choose if they want to learn from it, it it's up to them to choose how much they want to pull out of what you're training but if you want them to succeed in the best possible way i think you really start by focusing in that beginning 10 to 15 minutes before you even get into the slides before you even get into the trainings before you get into all the content to get to know them on a personal level, for them to get to know you on a personal level, 
for you to to individualize those moments in any way that you can because if there's one thing that I've I've learned, if there's one core you know takeaway that I can I can pull from from being in organizational development and leadership, it's that people don't like being viewed as a number. So when you individualize the moment, you 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 speak to them, you build trust. It, it helps them to formulate an opinion about you. And so again, like I mentioned, for me, one of easily easily. One of the biggest nails to chalkboard moments that I experience is uninspired trainings and, and trainings where, you know, the person who's leading it is just trying to get through slide one to 52. Um, and, and the beginning is so rushed and you can tell that there's not really much of an effort. <laughs> it's like, oh, let's just do a quick like five minute icebreaker and we're going. All right, let's go through the next like six hours going in through like all of this crazy content. No, I think, I, I think what's worked is certainly in the professional um, trainings that I've delivered. What's worked is taking the time for people to understand why they're there, for them to connect with you, for you to connect with them, build similarities, humanize the event, individualize their experiences, and really influence the learning environment so that people recognize that this is an open space. I may have come into this this room with some assumptions, but I'm, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to stay open. And so far, all of the trainings that I've done, it's all of the trainings that I've performed, I've always had people who have come in with these assumptions, but they leave and say, you know what? I, I, I kind of already knew a bit about what you were going to talk about, but I found X, Y, and Z really interesting, or I'm going to use ABD or ABC <laughs> uh, outside of here. Thank you. And so I, I think that's what you're looking for. Now, the other aspect of our, of our talk today that I'm going to be sharing with you is just our, our philosophy and our, our theory around how we actually build slides, right, and how we actually build content. I think oftentimes the, the surface level question that, that trainers uh, are faced with is, what are you going to talk about? What are you going to put in this slide? Um, what kind of time do you have? Right? There's all these what questions that we're faced with. And they, and they are important. They serve a purpose. But man, if, if they're not just very surface level questions, in my opinion, that, that we need to answer when we're, when we're designing curriculum. To me, I think, I think where you really see a difference in terms of how uh, trainings are, are presented and taught is when the training is designed with a, with a, uh, from a perspective of, how do we do this? How do we incorporate emotion? Like, for example, how do we incorporate emotional intelligence skills into a deck of slides where people can feel like they understand it, they recognize how it works, and they can apply skills, right? That's a loaded question. That's a lot. To me, it's, it's asking that question. It's asking, how do we do this? And also, why should it exist? And why, why should we do this? The how and why questions behind developing and designing training for an audience, I think, is more important often than ask than asking the what question. What do we do? You know, what do we put in this this module? Right? What do we write about? What do we teach? What videos do we use? What research do we pull? Yeah, those are all kind of like transactional questions. You, you'll figure that out along the way. But where training really makes, I think, a fundamental difference from the trainer presenting to the audience is when your slides or your your presentation is designed from a perspective of answering how do we do this 
how do we how do we how do I put this content in a way that's going to build confidence within you, the audience, to think about it, to challenge what you may already know? How do we do that, right? And also, why? Why am I? Why am I? Why? Why is this content up here on this one slide? Why are we focusing on this? Why are we spending so much time? You see, the why question when we talk about training and we talk about building. Um, modules for, for our participants, whether it's, again, communication, leadership, or team development, the why answers the question around purpose. It gives reason. And I'm always very upfront. I, I always tell the audience, I was like, listen, you can tell me at any point, you can ask any any uh, group that I've worked with. I always tell them, you know, hey, you guys can tell me if, it, if this is helpful to you or not. But, you know, here's why I'm presenting this. Here's why this slide exists. Here's why we're talking about this. Here's why, and I'll kind of get a little more detailed here now. Here's why we're talking about communication range. Because when communication range exists, it creates misunderstanding. It really confuses uh, clarity. It's inefficient. And so it breaks down really, right? And so then the audience thinks about it. And they're like, yeah, actually that does happen in my department or in my workplace or when I interact with other people. I always design training to answer the question of how and why with the what questions being kind of the last thing because the what questions are, are pretty straightforward, right? I always have a collection of videos that I use. I always have a collection of research that is is powerful and insightful that's ready to go. It's pretty transactional, right? It's like, oh, you know, uh, I don't know, module one, emotional intelligence. In this module, we're going to talk about the four areas of emotional intelligence and what they are. Pretty straightforward as to what you are going to put in there, right? Self-awareness, social awareness, self-regulation, you get the deal. But how do you present it? How do you craft that in a way that's engaging? How do you craft that so that your PowerPoint presentation pops and it does it you know it captures people's attention or it, or it flows smoothly how do you do that right because I, I think all of those little details count I think all of these little details that I'm talking about in this episode they really snowball in, into into high level learning value for for your audience for your participants and when they get overlooked I think it just kind of keeps training and, and the curriculum that's being taught in a very average state right? You get what you put into it. So as we wrap up this episode here and we explore a little bit further about building effective training and, and motivating people to learn when we're, when we're delivering it, you know, we, we really covered the, the beginning part around, you know, building trust and how do you go about doing that pretty, pretty succinctly? Well, actually pretty in depth. <laughs> but for this, for this area here, this is more theoretical. Like I said, it, it's a little more philosophical. And every trainer has their own approach. Every trainer has their own framework, their own style. And you know, if it if it works for one company, then it, it certainly has a place, right? It's certainly effective. For us and what works when we connect with our clients and when we design trainings for them is really taking the time to craft every aspect of the presentation, to uh, craft every aspect of the content that we're going to share with the answer to why are we sharing this? Why is this valuable? How do we share this in a way that connects to everyone's learning styles, right? You got some of your people that are 
very analytical. They need to see verified research to buy in. You have some people that need to observe and watch, so maybe a video works for them. You have other people that like to do activities where they pair up in groups or, or, they, or they do some kind of act, you know, active engagement. Those are so important because some of the worst presentations I've been in are the ones that just constantly rely on like TED Talk videos. <laughs> There's like TED Talk video after TED Talk video after TED Talk video. Nothing against TED, but when it's used a lot, I think TED needs a timeout. Um, so when, again, kind of bringing this back because consultants are always looking, consultants and trainers are always looking for ways to get better engagement out of their people, right? You know, they're coming into this this established ecosystem of people who are very comfortable knowing what they already know. They may feel unmotivated to learn. They may feel like they're forced to learn. And you have someone coming in from the outside that is, that is dedicating their time to giving you some insight, that is dedicating their time to motivating you to learn, to be better than when you walked in that, that room with them, right? So as you're coming out of this episode and, and we, we start to wrap up here, you know, think about how valuable it is to earn and build trust with your participants and, and to give the audience in a way a choice where it's on them if they want to learn and pull insight from it. But think how you can influence the environment so that it, it permeates open-mindedness, it permeates um, di- open discussion and, and trust and, and engagement and motivation. To pair with that, when you are building your slides or you're, or you're preparing your presentation, always answer the questions of why am I building this content? Why is this content going to be valuable? And follow that up with how is this content going to connect with this learning style? Or how are we going to make this topic, which may have been beaten over you know, 100 times, right? Everyone's kind of heard about it. How do we spin it in a different way where it's engaging? It's creative. It's unique. I think when you do that, you make better trainings. And so far with the trainings that we've done over the last couple of years, we've gotten some really great reviews of people who have really appreciated the amount of creativity, the amount of effort that goes into it. And everyone that we've connected with, they always come away with some kind of nugget, some kind of insight, or some kind of technique that they're willing and motivated to try to make them better at their role. So that's it for us on this episode today. I hope you found this insightful. I hope it gave you something to think about. If you're out there and you're, you're, you're wondering, you know, and wanting to learn more about this, please feel free to reach out to us. You know, we, we certainly don't have any walls around us or anything like that. You can follow us on LinkedIn at Organizational Research and Development, LLC. You can also reach out to us at www.organizationalrnd.com. You can always reach out to us through there. Um, We're here to help other people in our field because those people are doing great work helping other people in those companies. Um, If you're a company that's out there and you're looking for uh, someone to come in with a creative way of delivering training around team development, emotional intelligence, leadership, and communication, feel free to reach out. We'd love to talk to you and we'd love to help you out because this is what we do every day. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Take care and make it a great day.